I remember, thank y'all all so very much for supporting us last week at Mountain of Fire. Did y'all notice something about that house last week? They came ready to pray. They came ready. They expected. And they understood that if something was going to happen, they played a part in it. So they got there 30 minutes early because they told us, hey, you don't have to be here to 1030. I was like, what time does service start? He says 10. I said, what happens at 10? He said, we pray. I said, then that's when I'm coming. He said, I didn't want to put too much work on you. I was like, sir, no, I'm going to, I want to be there when you guys pray. And when they pray, they don't pray hoping into wishing it and hoping God's going to do something. They pray fervently, expecting it to happen expecting it to happen. So they was praying and, and, and ministers, you and I was sitting in the, in the pastor's office and we're sitting there and, and we, they praying, we praying. Then the leadership comes in and they're like, hey, pastor, hey, apostle, we know that, you know, we're so glad to have you here, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, this is what went on last week. And we, and he said, and this is what the, this is what the senior associate said. The people are hungry for the word. The people are hungry for the Holy Spirit. I'm like, well, glory to God. He said, I don't know what it is God gave you, but this is what they're hungry for. I'm like, well, praise God. I looked at Minister Juan. She looked at me. We're like, well, glory to God. Not a problem for us because we already had the right message. It's getting ready for the outpour. So when we got there, when we stepped out into that water, into that service last week, you could feel the people's hunger as they sat on their seat looking like, feed me, feed me. See, you ever see, this is a difference, Emma. You have some people that go to church and they kick back their feet like this. Tell me something, preacher, with your smart self. Or you have those, like, when I first got saved, for real, for real, Jerry, I still do this now, Join. Minister Joy tells me, I sit on the edge of my seat. Like, God, drain them dry. I want everything they got on the inside. And I sit on the edge of my seat. And sometimes, you know what I do? I talk to them. When they start reading scripture and everything, they ask a question. I'm talking right back to them. It's like we're having a conversation with one another. Don't let me sit on the front row if you don't want somebody to, amen, you praise it, preach that for preacher. You don't want that? Don't invite me. Because I'm not coming to be entertained i'm coming to be fed and if you need be be used by god so when you come you should come with an expectation i'm not only here to receive but i'm also here if god needs to use me i'm ready to be used so when it was time to minister there last week it was easy and guess what we just follow the holy spirit and it was just like, it, it, ooh, that's good, Holy Spirit. It was like we were swan, like we were swan dancing, Emma. Like we was just, I mean, he's leading and I'll follow. He's leading and I'll, you missed it, girl. I had a suit on and everything. You missed it, girl. You missed the Lord left. I had a suit on, boy, threw everybody off. I had a suit, I had a type. I was looking sharp. But it was a swan dance. And this is what they said at the end when we was in the office and people was leaving. This is what the ladies kept saying. 
It's a new season. Girl, this is my new season. This is my new season. I'm like, go. I looked at the Jew and I said, did you hear what they said? Glory to God. Hallelujah. We came and did what the Father wanted done. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You've been sent to represent. You've been sent to represent. <laughs> Ooh. Emma, if you knew what we had in store, girl, ooh, mm, you throw off your little towel and take off running around this place right now. Because we about to, ooh, ooh, okay. Ooh, I know, I know, I know. Sister Juan, Minister Juan last week was, because I had not, never used an interpreter the full time before, and she kept giving me <laughs> the signal, like, okay, I need you to calm down. Okay, I need you to get back to it. Okay, okay, and I'm like, okay. All right, I'm okay. Cause the interpreter at one point in time I said, Am I going too fast? And the lady's like, Yes. And I'm like, Well, all right then. Well, don't hold back. Tell me what you're thinking. I said, Okay, fine. You be my gauge. If I'm going too fast, you just tell me to slow down. And we just downshift. Because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about him. And if God sends you into a place that's different than where you came from, guess what, Emma? I don't go in there like this if they wear suits and ties. You know what I do? I put on a suit and tie because I'm a guest in somebody else's house. They may not minister the same way that we minister. So you know what we do? We, we adjust to where we're at. How, how do we adjust? by the Holy Spirit. If you were there last week, you will see we ministered different there than we did here. Anybody recognize that last week? We did not minister the exact same. It was different. You wanna know why? You wanna know who set that thermostat? The people did. The people did. So that's a, I'm gonna use this as an instruction for, for us. If you in somebody else's house, you have to respect their guidelines, their rules. You don't have to agree with any of them. But in order for God to use you effectively, you have to be willing to shift. Did y'all keep hearing me say you got to shift, got to shift, got to shift. If young Wynn was here, guess what? If I'm mentioning this message, I'm going to shift. You want to know why? Cause it doesn't matter how many of you I reach if I don't reach him. You have to know how to shift. If you only got one speed, Emma, you ever seen somebody they only had one speed and that's crazy? I mean, they, everything they do is just crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean, you got some relatives like that. You probably don't know them all. But you got some. I got some in my family. I can tell you all the them the ones that you tell that the family reunion starts at five, even though it started at one. So they only there for a couple of years. I'm just kidding. But you got to know how to shift. And we're going to talk about today. Are you ready? All that was just set up for what we get to. Okay. I know. Whatever. Okay, we make this declaration, we're gonna jump right into the word. I'm thankful to God for us to be here for such a time as this. 
because if you knew what was about to pop off and and grilling, if I could open up your heads and you could be able to see everything that God has showed us, that's about to, that, hmm, hmm. Greeley, Osgood, Russell, all those old strongholds, mindsets, traditions are coming down in the name of Jesus. They don't even know what hits them. They don't even know what hit them. They don't even know what hit them. Even in your school, they don't even know what's about to hit them. Did you know you can go to a Christian school and never see any Christian values in the students who go there? You want to know why? It's just like church. Just because people show up doesn't mean anything's happening. How do you know? I know people who've gone to Christian schools. I know people who've gone to Christian universities. I've gone to some retreats before they were supposed to be Christian. And the only time that you knew that there was a Christian retreat was when services and stuff was going on. But after the service and stuff was over, after midnight, <laughs> You go to service the next day to repent for everything you did the night before. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It was off the chain. <laughs> I was like, Lord, what the word? Okay, I'm ready. You ready? Okay, I'm ready too. Okay, here we go. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Whoo. Father, right now, we pray for, for every person, every family member, every loved one, every person in the city of Ottawa, Greeley, Osgood, Metcalf, Russell, Finley Creek, Father God, Bar Haven, Manatee, everyone throughout Ontario and all of Canada who are experiencing a broken heart. Father, you sent us here to bind up the broken heart. We restore, we pray that that their hearts are being mended together, that they're being healed, that they're being restored, that they're being ministered to. Labors are being dispatched right now in the name of Jesus to minister healing to them right now in Jesus' name. Give them the words to say, the, the things to do, the actions and strategies to go about ministering to the brokenhearted. We declare and decree that it's done and that it's so. Not another tear no more sorrow no more pain no more hurt we speak to that hurt right now in the name of jesus we command you be healed in jesus name you must loose them loose them loose them loose your hold off of them now in the name of Jesus. No more pain. No more suffering. In Jesus' name, amen. No more sorrow. No more sorrow. No more sorrow. He says, I've, I've sent you to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. Comfort them. 
Comfort them with your words. Comfort them with your actions. Comfort them with your prayers. Comfort them with, your, with how you minister. Comfort them in word and in deed. Comfort them. Comfort them all that mourn. And to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them to the beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank God and praise you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with the Tyson words of man's wisdom, but, Father, let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Continue to move up and down each and every aisle. Touch each and every person right now in the name of Jesus, all across the airways, whether you're watching this by internet, whether you listen to it by podcast, whether you're watching it on Facebook, whether you're watching it on, on, on um, Periscope, receive today the engrafted word that will ultimately change your life forever. We give you glory, we give you honor and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. No more sorrow, no more pain. Man, sorrow and pain is, is taking people out at, at, at great proportions. And the thing is, is you just saying, it's gonna be all right in the sweet by and by is not helping them. You gotta walk with them. You gotta walk them through that process. Because how many people know when you're hurt and when you're broken and when your heart is broken and you receive a great tragedy, you don't know, always know how to respond. And a simple prayer is the starting point, but it's not the end point. What do you got to do? That's why we pray to dispatch laborers to minister to them. Why? Because you're going to need somebody to walk you through that process. And if they don't know, if they don't know God, like you know God, guess what's going to happen? They're going to struggle. When my biological father went home to be with the Lord, and, and mind you, I didn't have a real close relationship with him most of my life until really at the end. And when he went home to be with the Lord, I was not prepared for that. In fact, I was a senior in high school. And this, and I, I'm going to tell you how crazy it was. Emma, I was talking about him that morning to my Latin teacher. Y'all didn't know I took Latin. Well, yeah, to my Latin teacher, right? I'm talking to her because my, well, my name is Jones and her mate name was Jones. And we called ourselves family members. And we talk, and I'm talking about this guy, right? I get a phone call later that day. He died. Now, mind you, I had been with him most of my little young life. So I didn't, I knew him, but I didn't know him, know him, know him super Super tight, no. Can I tell you what happened, Rita? My little young eyes started to weep for this guy. I'm crying, I'm crying, and I'm crying. Emma, almost three days, I cried, and no one could console me. No, they tried. I mean, <laughs> I even tried this with my little smart self. With Doug, I thought it was my little smart self because this is what I thought people did. I said, give me a give me a drink. 
that's gonna help me. You know, drink alcohol. I ain't talking about no drink like Kool-Aid. I'm talking like a drink alcohol. Give me some alcohol. That's what's gonna help me. You know what that did for me, Rita? Now I'm crying and I'm sick because I didn't know how to drink. I couldn't hold my liquor. I took a, a two sips, Emma. I was throwing up. <laughs> so then I got double trouble. I don't know how to fix it though. So I'm going through this process. Now it's an 11 hour drive to where my father lived at from where I live. So what did our family do? Our family, my mom, my brothers and my help dad, we're driving. And I never cried in front of them, Emma. Never. I would cry in secret. I would cry when it's just me, one-on-one, -on -one, by myself. And I would cry. Why? Because I, I, I thought I had to be strong for everybody else, for my younger brother. To this day, many years later, I still remember my younger brother at my father's home going. When he, he's walking away from the from my father's casket and this is all he kept saying Rita over and over and over again he wouldn't stop why mama why why mama why why mama why and my mother of course she could not answer that question because we didn't have all the facts so he just cried but I'm the middle child like Avery you can you got to be strong you got to be resilient you got to carry everybody else through, even though you're broken yourself. So many years later, now I told you about the fact we had some intense fellowship before he died. For 11 years, Emma, the adversary tormented me with my last comment I said it. I didn't know that I, all I had to do was just repent and apologize for what it is and that I could get set free from it. Why? Because there was nobody who was there to show me or walk me through that process because I wouldn't let them. So if you are going to call on the name of the Lord, and I'm going to tell you how this message came about. Emma, you want to tell me how this message came about? I was in a dollar store the other day, Dollarama, picking up something for the lovely and this lady had a cross on her neck. And I'm like, oh, a sister. When I'm talking about sister, not like my, my soul sister, I'm talking about a sister, meaning a sister in the body of Christ. So she had a cross on, I'm like, okay, this is a sister, praise the Lord. How are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. She checks my stuff out and everything. This is what I say to her, Jerry. Have a blessed day. She looked at me. And this is what I said to her. This is what I said. I don't know. Well, I think I was saying it to her. I said it loud enough for her to hear. If you're going to wear it, represent it. If you're going to wear it, represent it. And I'm saying that to all the believers in the body of Christ today. If you're going to wear the name of Jesus, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, if you're going to call yourself a disciple, if you're going to call yourself a follower of God, then represent him represent him well don't be giving them that little fake stuff people are tired of that fake stuff they want to see the real thing baby yeah yeah that's why they're they are, they, they are drawn to the stuff that the world do because it's real it's authentic that's why people are drawn into those fake reality shows because it appears to be 
real, when in fact, it's a counterfeit. So what happened was, Emma, somebody talked to me about how much God loves me. <laughs> okay, God loves me. If God loved me, why did he let this happen? If God loved me, why did that happen? If God loved me, I, I was straight on that. I was ready because I had 11 years of that stuff built up in me. And then he says, I do love you. I'm not the one behind what happened. But I only had a little bit of church knowledge, Emma. So I said, well, if you didn't do it, that only leaves one person. That's the devil. So now I'm, I'm dogmatic about, I'm busting him upside his head every time I get, right? I'm busting him upside his head. But then this is what I found out, Rita. People give the devil too much credit. He's behind a lot of things, but guess what? He ain't behind everything. Because I found out about my dad. The doctor told my father if he kept smoking, he was going to have a heart attack, Dr. Jerry. He had one heart attack. They told him if you do it again, you keep smoking, you're going to have another heart attack. Guess what he did? He kept smoking. And I'm, I'm like, you must be stuck on stupid or something because the guy's telling you, and I mean, you know, but guess what? Even after all that happened, even after all that happened, even after all that happened, guess what he did again, Dr. Jerry? He rolled them dice one more time. Guess what? This time he came up with steak eyes. And sometimes what people are blaming the devil for, and sometimes what people are blaming God for, is not really God, because God is always good, and he gives you information, and he's telling you, look out, snake coming, snake coming, snake coming, snake coming, but if you keep rolling those dice, guess what? At some point in time, you're going to get bit. Is why, God, did you keep me from this? I told you and told you and told you, but you didn't believe me. And he rolled, he rolled the dice, but this time he got bit. And when he got bit, he got bit in his own house. And I was supposed to be there finishing my senior year of high school. I was supposed to be there. So then it's like, if you, then you go on this torment, Emma, if I would have been here, then I could have, if I would have been here, if I would have been here, what could I have done at that time? Absolutely nothing. Guess what it would have did? It would have scarred me even more so because I watched the guy die. So some things that God has kept you from was from your own good. You say, man, it shouldn't have been like this. It could have been much, much worse. But he sent you, he sent me to represent. Turn with me over in your Bible to Matthew chapter 16. I've been sent to represent. You've been sent to represent. Man, I'm telling you, Emma, what the adversary meant for your destruction, God's going to turn it to your good.
Doing what the adversary meant for your destruction, God has already turned it to your good. Jerry, what the adversary meant for your destruction, God has turned it to your good. Rita, what the adversary meant for your destruction, God has already turned it to your good. And Douglas, what it is that the adversary meant for your destruction, not only for you, but for your household, God will turn it to your good if you allow him to do it his way. People hear that said to them, Jerry, they automatically think it's just like, like ripe cherries falling off a tree. You have to cooperate with him in order to see it. You have to cooperate with him in order for you to see it. Because guess what? You are the deciding factor. And I'm about to show it to you right here. And God, I, was, I got this this morning, Doug, as I was walking the dog walking in, in the neighborhood that we now live in. And I was just, just admiring the morning and the beauty and all that God has done. And this is what he said. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, I'm reading out of the Amplified Version and it reads as follows. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests. So if you're going to be a disciple for Jesus, Jesus says you need to deny yourself. Deny yourself means to disregard, to lose sight of, and forget yourself and your own interests. And not only are you supposed to take off one, he says, and you are to take up your cross and follow after Jesus. What are you doing? When you're following after Jesus, you're going to cleave steadfastly to him. You're going to conform wholly to his example in living and in, if need be in dying. So if you say that you call yourself a follower of Jesus, if you say that you call yourself a disciple, there's two things you need to be able to do. Well, three. You, first of all, you need to lay, lay aside, deny your own interest deny your own um uh, desires or lose sight of your your own interest forgetting about yourself and to take up your cross and follow after jesus be follow him steadfastly cleave to him conform conform fashion your life after your whole life after his example in living so if you're going to be a disciple of jesus you have to conform or fashion your life or adapt yourself to the point you live just like him. And if need be, you die just like him. So if you call yourself a, a follower of Jesus, because I don't even say, well, you know, I'm a Christian because Christian was actually a derogatory, when they use that term in the Bible, it's a derogatory term. The question is, are you a follower of Jesus? Because many people say, I believe in Jesus. Well, the devil believes in Jesus. But the question is, are you following him? I used to go to youth camp. We used to do youth camps every year. In the, and when we go to youth camp, and man, those youth would be on fire. You know, ooh, I mean, for the whole week, because they just get word, 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 and all kind of stuff. And guess what would happen? They would be on fire. They come back on fire, on fire. Ooh. And now, guess what? At the end, we say, okay, now it's time to represent. Now it's time to represent. 
everything that you learned here this week, now it's time to represent. Now it's time to put it in line. Now it's time to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And for a while, they will sustain. But as time went on, they got further and further and further and further and further. And you couldn't even tell they'd been to anybody's youth camp. Unless they had a, a military drill instructor type youth pastor. And oh, 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 we you we ain't sleeping on nothing. Because Emma, I come to your house. I call your parents. I talk to you, I get with your parents. Hey, what are you doing? Why? Because we didn't invest all that time in little Susie just for Susan to still be acting as crazy as she was before she went. And if you don't reinforce mom and daddy, if you don't reinforce the word is being taught, if you don't reinforce and be a doer of that same word yourself, guess what, you, what you're telling that child? You can show up, but you ain't got to do nothing. It's time to represent. I know. Calm yourself down. <laughs> So he says, if you're going to be, a, he says, Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, he says, then you're going to have to deny yourself, disregard, lose sight of, and forget about yourself and your own interests, and take up your cross and follow after me, cleave steadfastly to me, conform holy, 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 that W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy means your entireness, all of you to my example in living and in, if need in dying also. Because Jesus says this, for whoever is bent on saving his temporary life, his comfort, his security here shall lose his eternal life. So if all you're focusing on is your life here and you're not willing to let go of the life here, to focus on, on your eternal life, he says, you, he says, you will lose it. He says, but whosoever shall lose his life, talking about losing his comfort and losing his security here, 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 he says, for my sake shall find it life everlasting. So if you're willing to lay down your life as you form your former life, the life that you form and own to pursue the life that he has for you, he says, you will have eternal life. He says, but if you try to hold on to this little bitty life that is only for a moment, he says, then you can lose eternal life. And so many people do that. That's why they call it, they call it uh, YOLO. You ever heard that term? YOLO, you only live once. A guy, he's a rapper, talking about YOLO, you only live once. And he's throwing all these all this money around. You ever notice if you really look close, it's like dollar bills and stuff. I mean, you're gonna throw some uh, big water out, man. Throw some, throw some Benjamin Franklin's that in the States, that's hundreds. You wanna impress me? Throw some hundreds. You really wanna impress me? Throw them big thousands around in this mug. Don't be throwing, I mean, heck, I can do that. I can make it rain with dollar bills. I already know what you're thinking. Loose that in the name of Jesus. I already know what you're thinking. Glory to God. It's an inside joke that y'all don't know. <clears throat> <clears throat> for this is this is the question jesus asked for what will it profit a man or woman if you gain the whole world and forfeit your life he says what would it profit you if you had the nicest house the finest car the, the sweetest spouse the those beautiful children 
you have everything this world has to offer, yet you don't pursue the life, the eternal life with our Lord Jesus Christ. What have you gained? Absolutely nothing. Now, I don't want you to walk away and say, oh, the Lord don't want me to have nothing life. The Lord want me to be broke all my little young life. No, he doesn't mind you having, having stuff. He just doesn't want the stuff to have you. That you have such a priority about those things that you, you, don't, you, don't, you put them before him. He says, what would it profit you if you gained the whole world and forfeit your life? Your blessed life in the kingdom of God. Or what would a man give as an exchange for his blessed life? in the kingdom of God. For the son of man is going to come in the glory, majesty, splendor of his father with his angels. And then he will render account and reward every man according with what he has done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the son of man coming into his kingdom. So who is the deciding factor on whether you live the blessed life, God or you? He says, he says this, he says, in order for you to be my disciple, these are the things you're going to have to do. And in order for you to represent me, these are the things you have to do. Can I ask you a question? Did God's word say that he was going to do it for you? And I hear people praying all the time, Lord, you need to do something. Lord, you need to come and do this. Lord, you need to come and do that. Lord, the only way this is going to change is if God does something. The only way this is going to change if God does something. The only way this is going to change if God does something. And I'm going to tell you, y'all want to know what God did? Y'all want to know when, when y'all say, God, you got to do something that changes. You want to know what God did? You really want to know? He sent you. No, 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 no. If God is really going to change this situation, if everything is really going to turn around, God's going to have to do it. He's going to have to do it. He's going to have to do it. And God will tell him, Emma, he says, I did. I sent you. No, God, you tripping. How am I going to turn it around? Now, have you ever read? We won't get it into it all today. We want to get started. This all this introduction. You ever notice when God wanted to turn a situation around, Rita, he always sent somebody. He didn't go, and do that. He always sent somebody. Now he can send you and tell you to go in or tell you to point to that capital or tell you to point to the parliament tell you to do this or do that but guess what <clears throat> even if he has you to do that that's not all he's going to have you do because if you just change the one individual but you don't change everybody the other people around are still thinking the same way guess what's going to happen they're going to elect somebody new and guess what that new person they're going to elect is going to do the same thing that the other person did before them. And in many cases, it's worse. If you don't believe me, you ain't got to look that far. Just look a little south of the border. We had one president that came through. He went this way. Another president came through. 
he came back to try to bring order back to the chaos. Then another guy who came, who came out of the same regime as the, the, the previous one came in and he, he's going even further left than the one, his predecessor. It's not about the person. It's about the ideology, the thought process, the mentality. You are fighting against the wrong one. Guess what? You want to know why this new election is going on in, 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 in our country this right now? People's like, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, he just thought it was a good time. He's trying to, to capitalize on what he believes is a success. Can I tell you what's going to happen, though? It's going to blow up in his face. Amen. Can I tell you something else? God is not a conservative. God is not a liberal. God is not an NDP. God is none of those things. So if you say, I only vote for this party, you are out of order. Because if God tells you to vote for somebody else who's not typically in your party, I don't care if you like it or not. It's the truth. Who are you representing? You were sent to represent the Father. How do you know? First Corinthians 6, 19 says this. He says, do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you? Emma, when you receive Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit moved on the inside of you. He lives with you right now. So even when you was watching that movie, you weren't supposed to be watching and all that cussing you they was doing and all that other stuff they was doing. And you like, what the world? My young eyes have never seen anything like this. And even when your friends is talking about doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that, and you got the Holy Spirit inside of you saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Girl, I'm telling you, don't do it. Because if you make that one decision, this is what I shared with a neighbor a couple weeks ago. We was talking about his, his young daughter. And she don't understand why she has a curfew, even though she's still living in their house. The boy and her can make a decision to, to have an act. He can walk away. If they have that act and she becomes pregnant, she lives with that decision for a lifetime. We are called to represent. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. We received him as a gift from God the moment we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So he goes on and says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. What price were we bought with? With the precious blood of Jesus. Well, just those who are born again? No, the entire world. He says, because you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God, honor God, and bring glory to him in your Spirit and in your body, which belong to him. So if I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, I need to make a decision. I need to lay my own, my old life down in order to pick up the life that he's made available to me. If I'm a, if I call myself a follower of Jesus, then that means I'm supposed to cleave to him to conform wholly to his, his living example. If I call myself a follower of Jesus, 
then I've already made the exchange with him. I gave him my old life that I may take the life that he's made available to me. And if I'm a follower of Jesus, I already realize I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. The very Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me right now. And he's walking with me and he's talking with me and he's trying to lead me and he's kind of guide me in the way that I should go. And he's trying to help me to be used mightily by God because I'm God's masterpiece. And so are you. See, the reason why, women, you should never let a man just rush around in your treasures and on all your goods that God has blessed you with is because he's a thief and a robber. He's stealing something that doesn't belong from you, and he's robber from you, the precious gift that you can never give back. He's a thief. He's a robber. And this is what he'll say, Emma. If you love me, you'd send me a picture of you naked. If you love me, then you do this. If you love me, what he's really telling you, I don't love you. In fact, I only love myself because if I love myself, I would never put you in that position. When men are promiscuous, it's because they don't love themselves. Because if they value themselves, there's no way. You can't. <laughs> This filet mignon, mm-mm, baby, mm-mm. This is the, this is a filet mignon kept in the Queen's vault, in the Queen of England, behind the, the, the locked-in wall with security. You can't have these goods. That's what I told you in, Minister Jewin. Carol, if you ever left this, you trading in filet mignon for spam. You will never get it like this no more. Do I think I'm all that in a bag of chips? No. But do I value myself and won't allow anybody else to, to make me feel any less than what it is God says about me? Absolutely not. I know who I am. I know whose I am. I realize I've been bought with a price. I realize, Emma, that you are God's masterpiece. In fact, I'm going to make this declaration over your life. You are God's own handiwork. You are his workmanship. You have been recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that you may do those good works which God has already preordained for your life from the foundation of the world. He's already planted beforehand for you, taking paths which he has prepared ahead of time for you, that you should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for you from the foundation of the world. You're God's workmanship. You're, God, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Never let anybody sell you short. Never let anybody sell you short. And if they try to put too much pressure on you, if they put any pressure on you, just dial 911, AKA Minister Juin, and let them know what's up. And we rolling. And we rolling. You may not see this side. So get, get a good look at this picture right now. Because if I'm coming, yeah, I ain't never met Tyrone, but if I'm coming, Tyrone's coming with me. Yeah, that's a different, he's, mm, Tyrone I say. But God will fight for you. God will dispatch laborers to you. God has dispatched you. Ooh, that's good, Holy Spirit. He says, I've dispatched you as a laborer, as my representative of the kingdom of God. Now, I need my church to make a decision today. 
choose life. Choose to follow him. Choose to lay down your own life. Choose to pick up the life he's made available to you. Choose to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. Understanding that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you will glorify God. Understanding you are God's masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. He created you and he had a thought and plan for you from the foundation of the world. And all he needs you to do, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. No more. Tell that pain. No more. Wave your pain. Say bye pain. Bye guilt. Bye condemnation. Bye you foul religious spirit. We are here to, I'm not even going to be nice about it. We are here to pluck up, break down, destroy, then plant and build, extend, establishing the kingdom of God and expanding throughout all of the nation of Canada. And we're starting at the capital because whatever happens at the capital happens throughout the entire nation. Whatever happens at the capital will affect all the world around it in Jesus name. Did you get anything out of the word today? Was it worth you coming home, coming in, comb your hair this morning in the name of Jesus? I don't, you know, I've talked about, we've talked a lot about a lot about being sent to represent. We talked about how God wants to make the great exchange with you. We talked about how you have to make a decision to lay down your life to pick up the life he has made available to you. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now in the name of Jesus. And we're going to do that in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, which says this. It says, the word of God is near you. It's in your mouth and is in your heart. It's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The word salvation includes healing, deliverance, wholeness, completion, sanctification, and redemption. He's saying, he's saying this to you this morning. He says, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter how many times you've answered the altar call. He says, but if you make a decision to give your life to me for real, for real, not, I mean, all of your life, not part of it, not just Sunday morning life, but all of your life, he says, I will make the great exchange with you and your life will never again be the same. So if that's with you this morning, I'm going to ask you to, to pray this prayer with me, pray it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart, and you will experience the great exchange this morning. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with the Holy Spirit right now. I receive your mercy. I receive your grace. I receive your love right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that prayer for the very first time, I want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you.
welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you back into right relationship with God, welcome you back into the family. Now, you ask yourself, what am I supposed to do now? I did that with your smile. I said, what do you do now? Well, your next step is to find a good word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and also teaches you about the kingdom of God. Ignite Depot Canada is that church. If you don't have a church and you're in the local area, um, with near Greeley, we invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 Eastern time. Or if you're too far away, then just watch us online or, you know, watch us online until you find a local church in your area where you can get together with them, to fellowship with them, grow in the word, grow in relationship with the word of God. And I guarantee your life will never be the same. And you can always come back and watch us on another day. I watch the podcast. Uh, listen to the podcast another day. All this information is on our YouTube channel as well as on our Facebook page. On behalf of Minister Juan and myself, I want to thank you for joining us here today. And also for the entire Ignite Nation, thank you. Go out and live an Ignite, Ignited Life where you're ignited life and purpose within your generation. And also make sure you understand you were sent to represent. In Jesus' name, amen.